Your health is our priority. Each series, it's our goal to make sure that we provide you with experts and guests that offer multiple perspectives so that you feel supported, empowered, and less alone. Like the work we do? Buy us a cup of coffee. Or tea. You can leave us a tip over at coffee.com slash the hip podcast, which is ko-fi.com slash the HIP podcast, or with the link in our show notes. When you buy us a cup of coffee, you not only support the work we do, but also gain access to early releases and downloadable resources. Again, that's coffee.com slash the hip podcast. Hello and welcome to Health It's Personal. Today we spoke with an incredible person, Tasha, who not only is a single mother of three, but also a mother of a trans son. She inspired us so much as a parent who loves her children unconditionally, and we are so grateful that she shared her story with us so that we might learn to be more open, empathetic, and I can't even imagine a better person to share their story as part of our parenting series. We knew it was going to be an amazing interview, but it was, I think it topped all of our expectations even then. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I think it's really great uh, that we had these conversations because even though we got into some really deep topics and really hard conversations about this overall, you know, big deal uh, when it comes to parenting, I think Tasha really turned it around and always made it positive in the end, which was really great. Like, even though you went through this really dark moment what did we learn and how did we grow from there? And how did I learn to support others from that experience? Yeah, great point, Sean. Something she said that I loved so much and I'm going to try to remember is she said, if you have regrets, you missed the lesson. Oh, yeah. She said that was something <laughs> her dad would tell her. And I think that's so great because, you know, we talked a bit about what are those things you can do early on so that your child feels loved and when you don't have all the information early on, you may find yourself having regrets later in yeah. life. But she just was explaining that, you know, of course you wish you could do things differently, but you can embrace the situation that you're in and offer your child a better life going forward. Absolutely. I wrote that down too. the quote. <laughs> so Tasha was so open and so intuitive with her family as they grew and she noticed things early on about her son, but she didn't interpret them necessarily in the right way. And so she found herself thinking that he was gay and she didn't want him to feel like he ever had to come out. And Mm -hmm. I remember when McKenna was younger, how many times did I ask you if you were gay so you could just say it if you wanted to? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all the time. And we talked with Tasha briefly. Uh, Mommy mentioned to her that you know, I was very much into, you know, stereotypical boys clothes, um, what would be identified as like boys toys and bikes and these things. And I remember even when I was eight, nine, 10, something, I would say to people and think to myself, I wish I were a boy. And I never felt like I was a boy. Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand why girls had to be a certain way. And luckily, it's better now than it was uh, 20 years ago. But I was like, if I have to do wear those things and play with those toys, I don't want to be a girl. Yeah. <laughs> but I imagine as a parent, you're like, okay, is this her challenging gender norms? Or do I need to ask, is it something more? You know? 
I asked a lot, not because I thought that you necessarily were at all, or I just wanted to make sure that at any moment in time, if you wanted to say it out loud, you could, <laughs> um, which is so silly. Yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, my, uh, one of my best friends of all time, uh, her mom <laughs> is extremely open-minded and would always ask, you know, are you gay? Let me know. You, you can always talk to me. And she went through her journey learning who she was she dated a, a bunch of guys and she discovered that she had a physical connection with them but she didn't ever have an emotional connection and so she learned that she actually uh liked women and she learned it later mm -hmm. in life and she finally told her mom <laughs> and this cracks me up and i love them very much i love them all but she was offended <laughs> At her daughter because she's like, I asked you for so many years and you said no. And <laughs> but I think that's such a good point. <laughs> but we have our journeys and we learn at our own pace. Sometimes we know when, when we're two. Sometimes it might take us a little longer to figure ourselves out or we're still learning. Yeah. It's been such a common thread that we just all have to just give more love and more communication. And you can love more than you think you should because we can get embarrassed i know mom and i have been like oh i think i hugged that person too long oh my you know? gosh so one time um we were at we were at like a christmas tree farm and max's teacher was there and i just saw her out of context and she was <laughs> like hey and i went hi and i just gave her the hugest hug <laughs> <laughs> Like for a really long time and kind of like not where the arms were crossed, where they were both under, you know, and so just like a little awkward. But then, you know, and so she was like, McKenna, I think I think I did that for too long. And I was like, always best to love You more. did it out of love. <laughs> Whatever. She needed it that day. You don't know. <laughs> so something that I really love that Tasha said that um, stuck with me and it's kind of Brene Brown too talks about a strong back and a, and a soft front. Tasha said that she always wants her son to know that he has a soft place to land. I love that. Yeah. The coolest takeaways from this episode are not only for parents going through yeah. this or for people who might be going through their own journey with their identities. I think this is great for friends, for family members, for coworkers, anyone who knows someone who has been going through something like this. She gave us so many great pieces of advice that can help with, you know, how do I show support or do I show support? How vocal do I get? Uh, what's okay to say? How do I manage or navigate situations like pronouns? Or what if I get the name wrong? And it's just so useful because there are a lot of us out there who might not go through this ourselves, or maybe, you know, our child isn't going to go through that. But what if they have friends who are going through it? How can I be a support for them? Or what if, you know, my friend's child? Or maybe my friend, who knows? Yeah, or how can I teach my child to be a compassionate, empathetic, kind, open-minded person? So that they might not hesitate at all when somebody comes out to them or is is transitioning and they can just open their arms and it doesn't throw them it's like all right let's do this yeah it's not about them <laughs> awesome yeah yeah <laughs> we're gonna make you feel so great for being you end of story <laughs> can you imagine if that was the the norm <laughs> i have a, a really great friend who is actually in the middle of his journey with all of this and 
having surgery actually in a few weeks, which is really exciting. And we're just all, the whole group is just so supportive and like, this is awesome and amazing. And we're trying to do everything we can, but we're always also learning what else can I do or say, or, you know, how else can I be there to support you? And it's really exciting. But I remember early in the journey, we had to use the restroom and the only restroom we could find was a men's restroom. And I knew that he was kind of hesitant for that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stand right here and I'm not going to let anyone else. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm here if you need it. And I hope that that was helpful. I assume it was, but um, it's like in middle school like, when you hold do the it. door shut yeah. for your girlfriend. Exactly. Yeah. Let's just, just be there. Doesn't, I don't know what's going to happen, but <laughs> we're going to go for it. Who cares? That's so sweet, Sean. I love that. Yeah. And Tasha was encouraging everyone to just show up for their people and keep an eye out for strangers, you, people you don't even know who might you might see them in the restroom, for example, maybe nervous, you know, just show up for people. And I love my fa- I think my number one favorite thing out of many favorites was how she said that they started separating your body from you, right? Your your identity. And I love that. And it reminds me of all the advice I've gotten. And when you run into someone, one of my favorite things to do is just compliment people for something that they'll be happy about and always focusing on choices that they've made. And to clarify, that means their maybe their hair color or their makeup or their clothes or their accessories. Try to focus on the things that they can control because they might be so unhappy with something that they can't change right now. They don't have a control over. So try to focus on the things that they do have those choices to make about. Um, so I'll always like, oh, my God, I love your earrings. That's a really cool watch. I love those glasses you have on. Where did you get them? Um, so that's why... You know, and it doesn't matter if they're trans or not, <laughs> um, but it's especially important for situations where they're trying to express themselves because inside or maybe about their bodies, they don't feel comfortable with yet. That's great, Sean. Yeah. Well, too, just for people who, you know, rather than compliment someone's looks or their body or, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Because they probably were thinking, I love these earrings. I'm so excited to wear them today. <laughs> like, And I know how that feels like, oh, my God, I, I have the coolest socks and I really want to wear them and if someone doesn't compliment me that's okay but it's really great if someone did yeah <laughs> like, let's see them yeah so everyone please grab a cup of tea and enjoy this episode with tasha health is understanding what you need being informed finding that balance of mental and physical building yourself a support system figuring things out on my own and not letting it hold me back you do kind of have to advocate for yourself because health it's personal Welcome, Tasha. We're thrilled to have you with us. Uh, You are a parent to three kids, a single mom who has been through a bunch of challenges, and you are also the ultimate support system for your incredible children, uh, one of whom is trans. Yes. Though you've mentioned you don't always feel incredibly confident in your ability to support your kids, from what we know, we think you're doing an amazing job and you're such an inspiration to us. Uh, Would you like to take a moment to tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Uh, yeah. Uh, like you said, I'm a single mom. Um, I'm 42 and my oldest is 23. So I started early. My middle son is 16 and my youngest son is 12. I've been a single mom for about 10 years. I'm a paralegal. And I don't really know what else to tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's great. And that's that about that. <laughs> <laughs> and you love Halloween. Oh, yes. I love Halloween and gardening. I, I can tell you that. Yeah. And they kind of blend together sometimes, at least in my yard. So got some skeletons out in the pumpkin patch. So Yes. 
as you mentioned, you have a really tough day job yeah. in addition to being a full-time parent, which is its own deal. How do you balance your work with your parenting? Um, you know, I don't know that I'm always doing a great job of that. It's something that I feel like I have to look at every single day. I work at home now. A lot of people do from COVID. So that's actually helped me. I worked pretty close um, to the house anyway. Now I didn't used to, but being home with them has been actually amazing because I can be right here to keep an eye on things and take them where they need to go, but also still have my job. But it is hard having to try to do your work, especially as a paralegal, while you've got kids in the background and they want lunch or, the, you know, whatever <laughs> the kids need from you while you're trying to work. But I, I don't know that I do a great job of balancing it. I feel a lot of times like I either need to be apologizing to my boss or apologizing to my kids or apologizing to myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I just try to get done a little bit of each thing and, and hope I didn't leave anything out. I used to always say I do so many things and none of them well. (laughs) (laughs) Between so many different things. Yeah, it does. Because there's just so many things to do. And you want to give 100% to your job, you want to give 100% to your kids, you want to give 100% to yourself and you you want three people. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Karen's been really inspiring me a lot lately with my own struggles with all of those things, not necessarily parenting, but (laughs) but what we've been saying, and I keep asking Karen, even though it's so simple, Done is better than perfect. And I keep having to have her remind me because I'm like, what are the words again? (laughs) Yeah, I never liked that idea. I can be a perfectionist about things, but I can let that hold me back from doing the things that I want to do. And so, you know, a year could go by and I won't have acted on an idea I had or implemented something that I wanted to. A podcaster actually said that and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to embrace that. And it's actually made a huge difference. So we don't have to be perfect, but <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. I struggle with that too. Wanting to make everything well. And especially with my job, you know, I, when you're working on with people's lives and stuff like that, you want to get it perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really, yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that, that mentality is actually encouraged in my professional life. So it kind of creates like a habit. And then in my personal life that I'm also like, okay, so we need to make this perfect too. And it's, it's so hard to find the line of good enough. Can you imagine if you told your law firm like done's better than perfect? Maybe <laughs> actually <laughs> my boss would agree. I have I am lucky that I have an amazing boss that is like wants to be like a trendsetter as far as being like today I have Wednesdays off. You know, he doesn't think the five day work week, especially in the legal field, is too much mentally. He gives us off um like three days for Halloween because it's his favorite holiday too. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he calls it Halloween solstice. <laughs> <laughs> We're implementing that. Yes. Um, so on that note, though, about kind of those tough moments with life, work, balance, um, would you feel comfortable sharing any of the specific challenges you've had as a parent so far? Just in general, I mean, being a single mom obviously has its its challenges. It also has a lot of, of benefits, too, though. I mean, you're you're just kind of having your house run the way you want it. And there's no one there to <laughs> disagree with the way you want it to do things. Yeah. It feels like you have some nice control over your life. So that's a great point. <laughs> For me, my biggest challenge in parenting, I think it's just been other people. Just the, just the fact that the world can be scary and unkind and unsafe. And that's generally the, the biggest 
challenge that I, I think I faced so far and being a single mom, you know, you have that feeling that you can't protect your kid. I'm a single mom. I'm also a very small single mom. You know, <laughs> I'm, and I'm smaller than most middle schoolers. So it's like, I, <laughs> I don't feel like I can physically protect my kids and the world is, you know, scary and, and all of that. So that, that to me has been probably one of the hardest things. I love how you said that because that's exactly the hardest part for me as well about parenting mm-hmm. is kind of protecting them from all the other things and trying to not live in fear or have them live in fear because right. you want your kids to just go out and just live life and experience it in all the ways that they want to. But I'm always over here like, but what about that? <laughs> <laughs> what about that? <laughs> I know it's really hard. I my My son, my middle son, his favorite little quote is from a movie. I think it was the Crudes, never not be afraid. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Fear keeps you safe, you know, yeah. and it does, True. but it also keeps you from experiencing a lot of life. That is a tough balance. Like the work life, mom life balance, the fear versus go get them is like a huge, tough balance. So how have you been able to overcome challenges like that so far? And if you're still working through them, <laughs> um, how, have, how have you been trying to at least manage them? I don't know that overcome has actually happened yet. Yeah. But I mean, we do a lot of common sense stuff like extra locks on the doors and teaching the kids, you know, here's I would never come have someone pick you up. I would never, you know, those kinds of things. We've recently now that my middle um, son is getting older and especially because he's trans and frequently feels unsafe that he can text me at any time and I will come get him. And we actually got this suggestion. I can't remember where it was. It was a phrase that you can exchange with your kids. Like if ours, my son will ask me to get something from the store that he would never ask me for. That's our code that I feel unsafe. And he doesn't have to tell me, no one's going to either, whatever the situation is, if it's a peer group, if it's, you know, public situation. So if I get a text from him saying, mom, will you please make sure to get, you know, peanut butter? Well, he doesn't like peanut butter. So I'll know if something's wrong, I'm going to come get you. And it's a no questions asked. I'm showing up and I'm saying, whatever, we have an emergency, get in the car. Yeah. I love that. Little things like that to have a plan, it it makes him feel like, okay, well, I know if I get in a situation, I know my mom and I already have this plan. That's amazing. Little things like that. You know, we have a lot of those little, you know, you don't want to count on danger, but you still need to plan for it. So that, that takes some of the fear out is feeling prepared, feeling strong and feeling healthy and feeling supported also helps, you know, when you don't feel like you have a good support system, that, that fear of the outside world creeps into your home life and it, and you can't shake it. If you don't have anything there to pump you up and let you know that you are safe. Yeah. So you have additional reasons to be fearful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So your son is trans. Yes. Yeah. And so when did all of this kind of come about within your family or when did um, changes happen? Well, it started when he was about two, Um, when he was, able to talk and say yes and no and question what I was saying. It was um, when I was trying to teach him pronouns, group of girls, group of boys, mommy's a she, daddy's a he, you're a she, sissy's she. And it was like, he couldn't, he couldn't get it because he knew who he was and he would, he would understand, okay, you're telling me that group is boys and that group is girls. Okay. I'm a boy. Oh, 
And we'd say, no, 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 you're a girl. And, and then he'd say, okay, well, then that group is called boys and that group is called girls. So no matter what we did, he would not identify himself in a group with girls. And it was like, like something that went on for, for like 18 months. It wasn't like, oh, I can't learn this. It's, it was so confusing and wrong to him to be told that he was something he knew that he wasn't at too. He couldn't understand. And I didn't fully get at the time what was happening. And so what we ended up doing was <laughs> my son and I refer- referred to him as him and his body. Okay. So it was like, in order to, to make everything make sense, he just had to split everything in two. It's like, okay, fine. You're telling me that I have this body and that's what this body is, but I'm telling you that there's something else inside of me that isn't that. Wow. We talked, we had body and then we had you. And that went on successfully for years, years and years, probably until school started. That's amazing. That's really amazing. Did you know that that was what was going on? Or were you just thinking like, what were you thinking? You know, he had a lot of sensory issues, major sensory issues that we had huge setbacks in other ways. He didn't talk a lot and, and other things. So I just thought it was part of the complex nature of my child. When we went to go pick out undies, you know, I, I took him to the, to the girl's section. He says, ew, I hate princesses. So he looks over and sees the trains and says, I want those. And I said, you got it. You know, but it didn't, I just thought, yeah, trains are great. Right. That's what I'm like. He likes (laughs) trains. He he never was into like any of the princess stories, didn't like any of that stuff. So I was like, he just doesn't like that. So I wasn't really understanding that, that this wasn't, I like trains, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, I am a boy and I'm reaching out for things that I identify with and, I, I I really wish I would have would have known that that's what it was. Yeah, when McKenna was small, um, she gravitated towards like the boy bikes. If you got to choose a bike, or she want, always wanted to wear like windsuits, you know, like <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. Sorry, McKenna, giving away too much. You know, she just gravitated towards those types of toys so much so that a lot of the toys, even though she and Max are eight years apart, like he was able to adopt her bike because it was like a black and red bike, you know, but that never occurred to me that she was thinking anything other than she just preferred those types of things. So that's really valid. And when did you realize that it was something more than that? When he was in middle school and started he went to this, I'm really going to try this girl thing. Give me some makeup. Let's pick out some stuff. I'm going to, I'm really going to give it a shot and tried to make himself like it. And then broke down and said, I don't, I, I can't do it. I don't like this. This isn't me. I tried no problem. You don't have to do that. And then it got into, he started to ask for like one item of like male clothing. Can I get this? Can I get that? Started being interested in, you know, his little brother's stuff. And so I, I was, I was noticing that there was definitely something happening, but, and especially because of the person that he was spending all of his time with seemed like a relationship developing. So I assumed that he was just gay. And so I, and I had always been something that I was, I never wanted my kids to have to come out to me. 
I wanted it to be something that you don't have to set me down and say, I'm, I'm breaking this news to you. I want this to be something right. as easy as mom. I want tennis shoes or mom. I want boots. You know, I don't care. And so I, I took a lot of time making sure that he knew it was okay if he was gay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, cool. Not, not there yet. You know, you're not, you're not <laughs> getting it. And it wasn't until he broke down crying and said, I want to die and do this. I'm embarrassed. I'm humiliated in this body. I'm, I can't be what I'm supposed to be. I, I'm done. I, he just, he wanted to die. And that was really when I understood, okay, this isn't, I feel more comfortable in jeans. I would like short hair. I like trains. This is, I am a different person inside than anyone is letting me be. And I'd rather die than try to deal with it anymore. And that was an unbelievable moment. So I guess if that's coming out, I mean, that, that was the moment where it was like, okay, what do you need from me? Let's get a haircut. We're getting you clothes. What do you need? Any, whatever you need, we're going to go do it. And so that was pretty quick as far as the, let you at least dress how you're comfortable, you know, let you mm-hmm. let your outside body as much as you can control reflect what's happening inside. That was middle school. And that's uh, such an important story to tell. I think you've made so many amazing points that I think a lot of people are struggling with. And you came from being the most supportive person. You had the greatest plan ever. You're like, I just want it to be an ongoing open conversation anytime you want. And even that you can see wasn't enough. And I don't mean to, that's for that to sound hard. No, you were as prepared as you could be. And it was still a challenge. And so that's important to note because you know, I think your reaction when it all just came out, I don't think it was a coming out. I think it just came out. Right. right. Language is so imperfect as it is. And so I can see where all of those miscommunications were happening. You were trying your best to support from your understanding, but because our conversations culturally across the board is haven't really been there yet. It's, it's such a challenge and we need to hopefully have these conversations like this one right here to help others kind of understand when these things do happen. Absolutely. And it it breaks my heart that there's so many people that they're coming out, so to speak, is I I, want to die, you know, that you, you break it. And I, and I don't think that it's uncommon, you know, from, Mm -hmm. I've done, you know, a lot of reading and tried to find people on Instagram that are trans that can help me and encourage me and, and things like that. And it's a really common thing to just, that's when you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just do this because the alternative is I, I, I'm going to die. Make or break. Yeah. That's a, such a powerful point. And unfortunately the research is there to show that suicide rates are very high. Staggering. Yeah. Staggering is a good word. That must have been so, so hard for you to hear because just hearing you tell the story felt overwhelming. But what I love about your story is we spoke with Um, Sarah Baxter about suicide. And she was talking about how belonging is such a huge part of someone who might have suicidal thoughts, not actually committing an act like that. And the fact that he felt like he belonged with you is so lovely. And so it's life saving. We applaud you for that. Yeah. Yeah. I I can only imagine. I mean, (laughs) I have some experience with these types of things, but not quite to that extent. I, I like you said, belonging is so important. And when you don't feel like you belong to yourself, yeah, 
that's got to be. And then if no one else around you is supportive and trying to show you that they accept you and you you belong, then if you can't even get yourself to that point, then I can only imagine how dark that feels. So it's amazing to have those support people around you to help you through that when you can't be there for yourself. Yes. Even. Yeah. But that's amazing that you got to communicate to each other and you got through to one another in your own ways. And even though you had these misunderstandings or, you know, you didn't know that you had the misunderstandings, right. but you finally got there and then you just jumped on it. Like, let's do this. <laughs> and that's amazing. Well, I could tell that he has struggles and he's, he's got a lot of anxiety and stuff like that. And I could tell that there was a huge weight on him. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, I thought everything was fine. You know, I, I knew that he was struggling, but there were so many other things that I thought that it was. Especially as we're growing and learning and we get to the teen years and then there's already so much on top of it. Right, it could be anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just trying to do your best, yeah. like, and <laughs> they're still learning, right? Yeah. <laughs> the young ones are still trying to figure out this world and we're trying to teach them, but we're still trying to figure <laughs> out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The game every parent plays, something or nothing. Like every time a kid does, says something, Everything. is it something or is it nothing? I don't know. It's so hard because to them it is something, but you need to know like for really though, is it something? That's a good point. <laughs> so to kind of shift gears a little bit here, have you or your son told anyone else in the family or friends and coworkers? Yeah, I... I let um, my son kind of tell me when he was ready for the, you know, next stage of coming out, so to speak, you know, your mom knows, and then it's like, okay, Um, obviously, siblings were immediate, I did uh, take him to his therapist, who had a heartbreaking reaction, um, encouraged him that he was going through a phase and it's okay if he doesn't like traditional gender roles and basically did everything that you would not want someone to say to a struggling trans child. And so when he got in the car and he was bawling and, and so I, um, I called actually had a friend of mine that her son um, was trans as well. And I found him a, a gender therapist. So the gender therapist actually helped us through that. Okay how to say that to people, how to, you know, just kind of giving us the confidence to know that it's okay for us to tell people that he's trans Okay. because it felt like such a big secret and he does not have a supportive father. So it was really hard and scary because you really don't know who, who is supportive or not. Trans are, it's like, you think that someone is supportive of everyone and open-minded and then they're like, Oh, whoa, whoa, but not if you're trans. Yeah, not that. But not that, you know. <laughs> I draw the line for some reason. Right. Every, everyone else is fine, but I draw the line at these people. And so it's scary. You know, we didn't know who who we were going to be able to trust, but it got to the point where it's like, you know what? I'm tired of hiding my son. I'm tired of pretending like he's not who he is. And it made me feel like I was ashamed of him. You know, I, I want to tell the world that I have a son. I don't care what they think. And, and so we just, over the course of like maybe a year, we tell a friend or, you know, someone would text I hadn't talked to in a while. And I just got to the point where I had this really quick, like, hey, FYI, blah, 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 blah. Here's the deal. You know? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. But then eventually um, I posted actually, which is what I think why you reached out to me, Sean, was was my my final 
coming out, if you will, when I made that post on Facebook, basically letting anyone I was friends with know that here's where I stand. Here's my son. I love my son. If you are this type of person that doesn't care for these type of people, then I'm going to have to see you later. And so that was like my final, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that was kind of my final, okay, I've covered my bases. I've told the family members that I'm in contact with, you know, I've told my friends, I've announced it to anyone on Facebook that I (laughs) went to with, you know, high school with or whatever. And, you know, it was just kind of like a, as we went thing and it got easier and easier as, as we went, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm sure. And what were those reactions like? All across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, you know, people that felt like they needed to figure it out, whatever that means. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't get that part, like figure out what, what went wrong in the formula. I don't understand that, that mentality at all. But that means they have some opinions, but they're afraid to maybe lose you. (laughs) You know, that's my guess. They can't just I don't know. Or or there were some people that were unfortunately not supportive or unfortunately silent in their support. I feel like this is the kind of situation where you can't silently support someone. Absolutely not. Yeah. You have to let me know that 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 you're a safe person or I'm going to assume that you're not. When I announced to the world, look, this is my son. And if he's not safe with you, then you need to go. And I just I did have people reach out to me and let me know, hey, you know, we support you. We love you. And that was amazing. And it's been kind of shocking. There are some people really close to me that have just kind of sat here with their mouth shut and acted like that's not happened. And those are all terrible in different ways, too. Yeah. <laughs> Each a new horror. <laughs> Well, and there's some people that kind of like, I can tell that they, they aren't on board, but they think that they can be in my life and somehow avoid it. You know? <laughs> like There isn't a place for you in my life. If you feel you need to avoid my son. Sorry, not sorry. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's really important and, and very helpful too. And also I, I just thought about you uh, having to come out to people as well. That's something that I've not considered before. You as the parent. It, you absolutely do. It's a whole different type of coming out that I really don't feel there's not a lot of like guidance for that. You know, I've looked and there's like advice on, on parenting a trans child, but it's always how to accept your child. That's everything I kept finding. And it's like, what about I already accept my child? Yeah. <laughs> I'm over the moon proud of my child for having the guts to be their true self. And I want to help my child navigate the world because you guys have a problem. Right. You know, <laughs> where's that book? Because I haven't found it. And and so a lot of this stuff that I've, you know, the my education has come right from my son. You know, what should I do? What what can I do better? How what, how do I handle this? What what do I say? You know. Well, because it's personal too. So everybody's experience is different. What works Mm -hmm. for people is different. So maybe the people that were silent, ignorantly thought that that was what was the right thing to do. But for you, it wasn't or for many people, it's not. And so the fact that you went right to the source, that's pretty smart. Yeah. (laughs) What do you need? Yeah. Well, like you were talking about people being silent. When you said that, I was thinking it's kind of the same as when someone dies and then everyone kind of gets quiet around you and they kind of back away from you because they're afraid of your grief. Right. And I feel like people are sometimes just afraid of they don't understand trans. They don't want, I had a friend that did tell me that she she was so afraid 
of using the wrong pronoun or using the birth name that she said, it just, it makes me have so much anxiety. I don't want to come over. Because it's about her. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I get that you don't want to make a mistake, but do you understand what, what you're non-verbally telling me and my son, you know, that you can't be around us. And there's only one way to grow from that too, is <laughs> to try. <laughs> when you make a mistake, I mean, it wasn't overnight that we all learned how to use the right pronoun. I mean, that took forever. And you'd even been doing it since he was two, kind of, you know? Well, yeah. And we had been separating, you know, his body and, and his self for a long time. And I got to the point where I was calling everybody he. <laughs> <One with tea. laughs> because I didn't want to hurt my son so bad that I'm like, I'd rather offend everyone else. That's amazing. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> It's just a habit. Like when someone gets married and changes their last name, you get used to it. When the year changes and we all have to write 2020 or 2021. It's exactly. Especially as teachers, we learn new names. Or we try to learn new names all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's possible. It is. And in in saying it's not possible, I think it's showing an underlying issue, you know, resistance to the, the transition of the person. And if you make a mistake, just apologize and kind of learn from it. Right. So Tasha, I can be like that a little bit. I get kind of crazy or weirded out by death and dying. And I can <laughs> kind of be like that when someone passes away. And I'm so awkward about it. Even when someone I really love and I'm close to has grief, I get awkward or I'll be like, I don't want to talk about it, but I really want to talk about it. But if you don't want to talk, you know, I get <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> so, um, you know, if my children were going through something like this, I would want to be sure that I handled it. If I had a friend who was going through something like this, I would want to be sure that I handled it in the right way. Looking back, do you wish that there was something that you would have done or said differently? Or do you feel? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, yes and no. I mean, I am a person that I'm not big in regret. I think that my, my dad, one of the things my dad taught me as a kid, that if you have regrets, you miss the lesson. Mm. Oh, I love that's that. such a good point. Any bad thing that happens to you, there is a lesson in there and you have to take that for what it's worth. So I do. And I'm, I'm on one hand grateful for the mistakes that I made because I, it, one, I mean, it, it opened communication between me and my son. It's helped me talk about it with other people and not making those mistakes, but if I could go back, I really wish that I would have started pushing for my son to live his true life when he was two. I wish that hmm. that this wouldn't have been something that that he had to go through, that at least it would have been acknowledged openly. And that I mean, and I had taken, you know, gender and society courses. And I mean, I, I knew about what trans was. I wasn't completely ignorant to it, but you just don't see it so close to your face. And I really, really wish that I would have opened the door for him uh, sooner and wider. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I feel that way about a lot of things. We've been talking to all kinds of educators during this parenting series that they say, you know, if you start when they're really young, then it becomes second nature and it's not as hard. But they also say that starting right now is the best, you know, wherever you are yeah. right now is the best place to start. So, well, and it's like that saying the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. 
Yeah. I like right. that because it's like, it's not, you didn't miss your chance, you know, just do it now. Yeah. People get caught up on that. Like it, I can't do it now because it would have, you know, I missed the perfect opportunity, but. <laughs> so on the other side of that, are there some things that you did or said that really made a positive impact on your relationship that you feel pretty proud about? I think that above all else, my son has always known that I loved him. And even though he still had to come out he was never thinking that I wouldn't be there to receive him. There was no part of him that was fearful of me, you know, that he's always known that, that I loved him. And even when I made mistakes and, and I always apologize for them, you know, that's one thing that I think is a really good thing to do as a parent that I think is really overlooked is apologize. Mm-hmm. When you're, when you act like you're perfect, your kids expect you to be perfect. And then when you make a mistake, it's the end of the world. But if you admit to your mistakes, it's easier for them to admit to their mistakes and understand that we all make mistakes and we just need to talk about it. So I think that if I didn't invite the conversation, I at least let him know that we can always have conversations. Yes. You know, so so there was at least that, that he knew that I was a soft place to land. He was just going to have to unfortunately have the conversation that we needed to have because I wasn't getting it. Absolutely we're always wondering how we can support people who are going through something like this. Was there something that anyone did that especially stood out as being especially kind or generous or supportive? Because I think we all kind of wonder if we had a friend going through something like this, what's the best way um, to receive them? Oh, my brother, his reaction. And my brother has some issues himself with just, you know, anxiety and, and mental, a little bit of mental stuff. But when I told my brother, um, his reaction was so, I don't know, I'll I'll tell you what he said. And you guys can tell me if you want to air it. But I told him and he said, Oh, my God. Oh, dude, I got a friend like that. He was born without a dick too, dude. My friend has that. My friend was born without a dick too. And like, and, and it was like, that's, and in my brother's mind, like knowing my brother, if you knew my brother, like he's you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. And apparently my brother <laughs> had a friend that was trans. He didn't know what that word meant. Right. I was trying to tell Adam, you know, can you please refer to him as he, he's transgender. And he's like, what, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? And, and when I told him, and, and I love that my brother has a friend that's transgender and views that as there was a, a birth thing that happened and and you didn't get your penis and then that's the only like that's my dude friend you know like yeah like you, like you were born without a finger right yeah. that's how that's and it, I just because it was just my brother is just such a, a kind and loving person that just having him react to not even knowing what trans was but to be supportive in his crude way I thought I thought was, was really wonderful um, so sincere. Yeah. I mean, you just to, yeah. to be confused on, wait, what are you telling me? You know, and then you go, oh, I know what that is. But I mean, I think one of the, the best things that I got in all of this, one of the things that really made me feel like supported was my aunt reached out to me after I made my Facebook post and just told me that she was proud to know me and proud to be my aunt and my son's great aunt and that she loves us. And if there's anything we ever need and just really made her support so known, you know, and I had, I had a lot of people that either liked it or made a heart or sent me a text that said, I love you. Um, I did have a, a friend from high school who was very, 
shy and conservative sent me a very sweet message um, telling me that she was proud of, of me supporting my kids and that, you know, she, she oh, wished wow. that she was more outspoken. She's always been very shy. So little things like that, people just really letting their support be known. You know, you can't be ambiguous about it, you know, and then when, yeah. when there are people out there that think that you are subhuman for this, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't mm-hmm. deserve basic rights, that you don't deserve to go to the bathroom safely and in peace. I mean, there are people that don't want you to be alive because of this. So I need to know that you are a safe and supportive person because for the safety of my child, I kind of have to assume that everyone's not. I can't just walk around thinking that my kid is safe with everyone because that's just not the truth. So if there's one thing I could give advice to anyone, just be supportive and be loud about it. Make sure everyone knows you're a safe space. Make sure everyone knows that you love them unconditionally, that you support them. Apologize if you say the wrong gender and then keep moving, you know, and just really be there and be present. Yeah, that's such a great point. I've always said it's better to be or you can never be too kind. So you have more mm-hmm. to lose by stepping back than you do by being maybe a little overbearing or a little, you know, whatever you're afraid of being by being extra vocal um, in a situation, whether it's this or with something like grief. And if they're not ready to receive your message, you know, that's okay. And um, if you're just sending it with love. So I think that's such a great point, And I hope that people are starting to kind of be that way more and understand that. that, Yeah. yeah, Hear that and understand that we all need to be supportive of each other. Yeah. Love hard. Like you can't. Yeah. McKenna and I have even, we've been in situations before where like, well that I just did something really embarrassing and we're, and, and then we check ourselves. We're like, was it out of pure love? And like, were you loving them too hard? Is that what you were (laughs) like? That's okay. That's a a really good point because there there are, we don't want to be vulnerable and we don't want to let anyone have the upper hand over us. So I find myself doing that a lot saying, oh gosh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I I said, Mm -hmm. I'm like, did I say the truth? Do I mean what I'm saying? Then I I don't care. You know, and I mean, as someone who has received people being supportive, no one's ever been too supportive. No one's ever been too kind. No one's ever given me too much love. And, and support. I mean, it's just, you can't overdo it when it comes to stuff like this. And you have your, your circle of friends and your family and your loved ones, you, you can't love them too much. You can't let them know that they're important too much. And if we, we want to take something back, it's like, well, are, are you trying to keep the upper hand? Are you trying to make sure no one can hurt you? Are you trying to make sure you're not vulnerable? Those are all bad, toxic things. So let them yeah, know. selfish. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're not, they're not good for anyone. Not even they're, they're, They'll ruin your. They'll ruin you in the long run. Being like that, and and my take is some people who are afraid to reach out with support in a positive way, they might not do so because they don't know how to support, and that's okay too. You could just like you said, your aunt said, "I'm just here for whatever you need," and that's all we really need. You don't have to know what to do. One of the things <laughs> that I love is just just absolute honesty. If someone, you know, people have said, you know what, I don't know anything about this teach me stuff. Can I ask you questions? I'm here. I'm, I'm awkward, but I support you. You know, you don't even have to be eloquent. You don't even have to know what to say. Just saying, Hey, I don't know what to say, but I really wish I could say something good and supportive that would make you feel good. Even that, even that is wonderful. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. your intentions out there with your awkward words. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's usually me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's just as good. <laughs> 
on that note, where you're all supporting each other and learning who you are, uh, how have your other kids helped along your son's journey? Oh my gosh, I'm, they are huge. That was the immediate, the immediate acceptance, the immediate love, the immediate got it. I mean, my youngest son was thrilled. He always wanted a brother. He was, oh. hey, I'm not digging this, this scenario that we have here. And he put that up about it. And I kept telling him, you know, I, I'm like, I can't even wear babies. And he was like, no, no, I'm, I'm getting a brother. And he was right. <laughs> even was so my, cool. You know, my oldest daughter is very into, you know, what's going on in society and, and culture and stuff. So she's helped me a lot when I, if I want some help with terminology or I don't understand something or whatever, um, they've always been right there to, to help me learn stuff and to just make sure that my son feels loved and cared for it. And, and my oldest daughter, she immediately was like making posts online. I love my brother. This is my brother, you know, like didn't skip a beat. She was like, okay, we're, we're good. You know, this is my brother. The kids were, I couldn't ask for, or for a better reaction, more supportive children. That's amazing. Well, I would love to ask you, so, you know, we've talked with so many wonderful parents and experts about having these open lines of communication, and that's what we try to do with this podcast, too, is to encourage a healthy dialogue, especially when it comes to self-discovery and identity. How might we talk to our kids early on in life so that if they have a friend, a relative, or a classmate transitioning, they might not be surprised and effortlessly show love and support? The one of the actually, I think the best way to do that is to raise your children in a gender neutral way. Like my youngest son, his dress up box, his pretend box had, you know, guns and, and, you know, cowboy hats and princess dresses and worker, worker guy stuff and ballet stuff. And so I never taught him that girls wear dresses and boys wear pants. And even my oldest child, when I wasn't even thinking about that, I just never was into gendered toys. So I think that one of the best things you can do is to stop showing our kids all these different boxes that they have to have to choose to be inside of, to give them these options, to let them know that people come in all different shapes and sizes and preferences and take them to parades, take them to the art districts, take them where you see wild people with wild hair and and, and tattoos or take them, don't t- put them in this box and then only show them people in this box. And then someday they leave your box and they're like, Oh God, what's going on here? You know, really just, I wish I could have like traveled more with my kids and exposed them to different cultures and different ways of living. Because as we get older, you know, we look at all these different places around the world and we're starting to see pieces of it that we like, and we'd want to, you know, bring into our lives. So I just think starting from the get-go with just being open-minded and, and to even teach your kids, here's what I think, here's what I believe, but you, you can think differently than me and you can be your own person. Start from the beginning, letting them know they get to decide who they are. I was going to say that was one of the things um, that my dad actually did, which was really cool is we, he, we would have conversations and we, he would just like say, this is what I like. And then what do you think about these things? And that was so big. <laughs> so simple too. <laughs> it's so huge though. It teaches you to think for yourself and, and, and to trust your own opinions and to trust your own personality and your own thoughts. I think my dad did the same to me, you know, when I would ask about religion or the world or anything, he would say, well, what do you think? And my mom was the same way. You know, they really encouraged me to not create boxes. Yeah. 
And then he would also follow up and say, like, here's, you know, I, I can see your opinion. You know, I can understand what you're saying, which was also really cool. Like, follow it up, too, if you can. Yeah. Yeah, so important. And and you can tell that you come from such a place of love. And I'm so glad that your parents were like that for you and that it's kind of trickling down into your children's lives. Mm-hmm. And obviously, <laughs> I'm sure that them setting an example for you helped you on your journey with your son. Oh, absolutely. This has been so incredible. And we could seriously talk to you all day about all of this. And in no way have we been able to cover everything that um, it takes to be a well-equipped parent of somebody transitioning. If anybody out there in the world has control over the bathroom situation, more family bathrooms, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, right. really, yep. The bathroom is a scary situation for these people, especially for a female to male going into those restrooms where if a person has a tendency to be violent or aggressive towards people, they generally are male. Sorry. Yes. Stereotype people, but it's also a fact. Right. <laughs> but they, there's statistics. Right. There, there's, you know, the bathroom's a dangerous place. And, you know, I've just encouraged people. My kids were actually with their dad and a situation happened in a public bathroom where someone came after their dad and attempted to assault him in front of the children. And a man and his kids saw what was going on and he came and he helped. And so just be aware, look out for people. If you see someone nervous outside of the bathroom or you see someone nervous in the bathroom, you know, stick around keep an eye on people, look out for people. If you see, I mean, I do that when I'm out looking and I see someone by themselves, I'm looking to see if they're a vulnerable person. I'm looking around to see if someone's looking for them or, or, you know, just be aware of Mm. each other, look out for each other. That's a really great point. Know that there are so many trans people out there that feel invisible and our society's not made for them. That it's not set up that way. You know, you have a boy bathroom and a girl bathroom. I mean, it's, it's just, it feels like a very unfriendly and unsafe place a lot of the time. So one thing I could ask is that people just be aware, keep your eyes open, keep your heart open and, and, and be kind and supportive. It's not a choice. You know, no one would choose to go through this type of, of suffering. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to head down a path because this topic makes me crazy, but I don't understand why anyone's using the bathroom with anyone else anyway. Like, I don't understand. What <laughs> it's is, not your business. Why, that <laughs> why is anyone even aware of it? Just let people use the restroom and let them yeah. One person should yep. be in the restroom at a time to use, to do their business. Like, why are we all standing? Why are people still standing in a row peeing? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I think that's barbaric too. I, I we just had a conversation right? about that the other day. <laughs> How has that not evolved? I don't know. Well, luckily I think I, at least I've noticed, I mean, I usually live in New York, so I think we're doing a good job. I know it's not like that everywhere, but I know that we are making strides in some areas. And I, gosh, I hope so much that we just keep moving forward and as quickly as possible. I, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of states that I, and a lot of communities that I know have done a lot of stuff. And even um, the school, I registering my son for high school at the same high school I registered my daughter. I now have a form that I get to say what my son's preferred pronoun is. And Amazing. the school made an open stance that they are supportive and accepting of transgender students. That's so cool. They don't have a bathroom yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put them yeah. Yeah. Sure anywhere your mouth is. 
just want to wrap things up with asking you um, if there's anything that you've been reading or listening to or doing that makes you feel happy and inspired. And maybe the same with your kids. Is there anything that any of your kids are doing that's just keeping everyone's spirits up? Halloween. Oh, yeah. Halloween for sure. Yeah. What what we've all been in it with my oldest, too. We've all been really focused on on being ourselves right now. There's a lot going on in the world and a lot of people yelling that you should be one way or, or another way. But we've all sort of had a lot of fun recently exploring our personality. You know, like my oldest daughter has mm. been doing more photography involving Halloween and, and celestial stuff. And, you know, I, I have the garden out back, but we're all really starting to dig deep into our authentic selves. You know, it, it's kind of like we're all at a, a similar point in our journeys where we're really just getting to know ourselves and letting ourselves be who we are. When I was, um, I was married, that wasn't a thing that was allowed in our house was being your authentic self. And so it's very nice to be divorced and setting, (laughs) (laughs) setting my own rules and letting my kids be themselves. And so it's just been a really fun lately to try new things. You know, we've tried different types of art and different types of, you know, food or shows or whatever, just really kind of seeing who we are. That's, That's so cool. Awesome. And it's never too late. It's no. Never too late. And this is such an important time to know who you are too. You know, there's so much going on in the world that it's, it's really important for each person to sit down and say, well, who am I? What's important to me? How do I make myself better? How can I contribute to this place? That's perfect. The best family. Yeah. The best (laughs) family. (laughs) I'm partial. (laughs) (laughs) They're all right. (laughs) We're so thankful for you chatting with us today and kind of giving us some inside information so that we know how to love and support all the people in our lives. Well, thanks for having me. It was really nice to talk to you guys. You rock. All right. Have the best day. Thanks. You guys, too. Have a great rest of your days. And happy almost Halloween. Hey! Yes. You, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting. Bye. Bye. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Health It's Personal. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts for bonus episodes and new releases every Wednesday. The Health It's Personal podcast is produced by me, McKenna Udi and hosted with the Phronesis Health Initiative team, Karen Jively and Sean Tingle. Special thanks to portrait artist Alexander, musical contributor Bernie Ramke, and to our guests and experts for their kindness and bravery in sharing their stories each week. Please listen, subscribe, engage, and send us topics we can explore that would help you on your journey. Because health, it's personal.